This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. <laughs> it's that wonderful time of year where I lose my voice again, so Yay. you're welcome. <laughs> Our poor baby Brit. I apologize to your ear holes. I'm sick too, but mine's in my nose. I didn't lose my voice. Mine's all in my nasal cavities and shit. Yeah. It's gross. You can be snotty and I'll cough and sound like Mickey Mouse. Ha ha. Either way, we both have sexy phlegm. Sexy phlegm. <laughs> Thank you, my babies. <laughs> All right. So it is episode 111. Yeah. 111. Yeah, that must have some sort of significance. It might. I don't we know. are doing some witchy shit. We are. Because our topic is uh, the Salem Witch Trials. Yes! Yeah. I'm so fucking here for this. This topic is so expansive that uh, there will be two and three and four pointos, I'm Probably. sure. So we just did little snippets this week because y'all, I mean, y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all, if you don't know, you're going to know a little bit. Where have you been? Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to not bully them again, but what, what, uh, what the fuck are you doing? I just, like, woke up with an attitude this morning, so here we are. <laughs> it's okay, I get it. You're tired and you're over the bullshit. Lost a voice, gained an attitude. Additional attitude. I mean, it's always been Okay, there. I was about to say. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's cool. And while we try to convince you to believe that everything is cool, go over to the socials <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, check out uh, episode pictures and um, announcements and shenanigans. Mind teasers. Mind teasers. Guess that cryptid. Definitely guess that cryptid. We have four winners now. That's so cool. That is really cool. That's four people getting free shit. Oh, if you want your name in the hat for more free shit. Uh-huh. We also have that going on. Do a review on Apple, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. your name will go into a hat or goblet or whatever we have handy. All right, you put your name in a goblet of fire. Whatever. Maybe my hands cupped into a bowl. Who, Who knows? knows? <laughs> um, we'll go live and choose a name so you know we're not cheaters, and uh, somebody will win a mystery prize. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll show you the names before we put them in, yeah. so you'll know it's not mm-hmm. all the same name. Yeah. We don't play favorites. No. Mm-mm, mm-mm. See, my we used to tease my mom and tell her she had a favorite kid. Mm-hmm. And she would say, no, no, no. I just like all of you equally. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. My mom's a hoot. <laughs> I love Miss Jackie. She is the shit. But something else you can find on the socials mm-hmm. is pictures mm-hmm. of our hump day treats. Because uh, it's, it's hump day. Do it again. Do it again. I cannot. Once again, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Okay. That was great. 
Hey, at least we remembered it this week and we did it on cue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be fun. This <laughs> I can't. Scaling witch trials. <laughs> Apparently, I can't get excited. <laughs> drink, drink some more of your hump day treat. Okay. You'll be fine. Okay. Um, well, can can you tell them what it is? Are you I gonna would be all right? love to. Okay. <laughs> what would you bring us, Boo? So I planned ahead a little bit. You did a lot, a lot of it actually. A couple weeks. Our treat was a um, order I placed with a girl. Her name is Angel. I went to high school with her, and she has started up her own little side hustle here. With uh, Angel's Heavenly Treats. Mm-hmm. And she makes delicious desserts. Oh, my God. And she put together a little sampler box for me. And this shit is lit. Thank you, Angel. Thank you, Angel. You are our sweet angel. <laughs> <laughs> you are my angel. You're my darling angel. <laughs> um, I'm going to read to you all the description she gave me because um, she did it better. Okay. There's a s'mores cupcake with marshmallow cream in the middle, a Reese's cupcake with Reese's in the middle, uh-huh. and a peanut butter frosting on top, oh. and a caramel latte cupcake with caramel middle, Yes, a s'mores cookie, Yes, and a turtle cookie, Yes, and everything was fucking phenomenal. And it's gone. Oh, yeah. It, it was gone as soon as I sat down. We split it in half and devoured. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We tore that shit up. And then she had it, like, all cute decorated with, like, Halloween stuff. Yeah, go look at the picture. It's really, really cute. Super cute. She did a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Angel's Heavenly Treats. She's got a Facebook page, so um, we can tag her in it if y'all want to get at her. Yeah. She's in my hometown, so that might be... That makes it even better. It might be a trek for some of you. My wonderful mother drove them to me. She, yeah. She drove from Logansport to Shreveport yesterday to ensure we had a wonderful hump day treat. So thanks, Mom. Thank you, Mama. And then, because, you know, I'm dying, <laughs> I'm, I went to Brookshire's and bought a bottle of Barefoot Red Moscato. Yeah. And a pack of Ricola Mixed Berry Cough Drops. <laughs> <laughs> so everything's great. Whatever works. Babe. Yeah. So, yeah, wine and cupcakes and cookies. Oh, my. Happy humping. I'm happily humping over here. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad I can only see from your chest up. <laughs> it's not what I meant. Okay. But okay. anyway, thanks, Angel. <laughs> All right. All right. Now are, we, are, are we ready to do some witchy stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I decided, because you can't just like cover... The Salem Witch Trials. No, that would you, be, you have to pinpoint something. That would be like a multi-episode podcast oh, in itself. God. Yeah. So I decided to just kind of pinpoint different cases. And I saw, you know, some of the most famous ones. And then I saw this lesser known one. Her name was familiar, but I didn't really know her story. Yeah, I'm really glad you did this one because I'm not. So, know. yeah, I was like, here we go. We're going to learn about Rebecca Nurse. Mm-hmm. And side note real quick. Okay. So I've always wanted to do the 23andMe spit on a stick, send mm-hmm, it in thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I really want to do my family tree. I want to know if there's any witchy business going on in my family. I've only gotten so far on, like, I piggybacked off Stephen's ancestry. Yeah. And did a little bit. But um, once it gets to, like, my great-grandparents, then it kind of, like, stops. But 
I think there might be at least some gypsy magic in there. We're from West Virginia, for goodness sake. Yeah, I, I'm a mixture of, of a few things. Same. So I don't know where mine would come from, but it, I have a feeling that mine's in there somewhere as well. To hear family tell it, I'm mostly Scottish and Irish on both sides of my family. Yeah, mine seems to come from my mom's side of the family. But there tend to be a fuck ton of gypsies in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So surely, mm-hmm. surely there's some gypsy in there somewhere. I don't know. My mom's family is from Texas. <laughs> Y'all ain't gypsies over there. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> anyway... I want to do that. And uh, if I ever do that, I'll let y'all come along for the ride. Maybe we should do that. Maybe that's what I'll ask for for Christmas. Hey, mom, if you're listening, I want to spit on a stick for Christmas. You want to do it together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to spit yeah. on a stick with me? <laughs> Is that like the new Blood Sisters bonding thing? Yes. I'll spit on a stick. All right. I'm here for this. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Rebecca okay. Nurse. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Rebecca Nurse. <laughs> All right. Y'all bear with me. You got it. Rebecca Nurse was a victim of the notorious Salem witch trials, hanged as a witch at 71 years of age. Well, just let her live. She was the oldest accused. Okay. She was a grandmother and wife of a local artisan. Despite being a fervent churchgoer and an upstanding member of the community, a newspaper of the day referred to her as saint-like and a perfect example of good Puritan behavior. She was accused, tried, and convicted of witchcraft and put to death. This is fucked up. I know. There's your synopsis. Are you ready? I'm ready. She was born in Yarmouth, England in 1621 to William Town and Joanna Blessing. What a nice last name. Yeah. Her entire family, including several siblings, immigrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony sometime between 1638 and 1640. Good Lord. That was a long time ago. So long ago. Okay. Rebecca married Francis Nurse, who also came from Yarmouth, around 1644. Francis was a tray maker, <laughs> which meant he was a skilled artisan and esteemed by those in the community. Her husband, Francis, would ironically serve as Salem's constable. Yep. So he was in Wait. law enforcement. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. Tray maker slash constable. Yeah. You know, they did lots of shit. Multifaceted. It's People right. wore lots of hats then. That's true. Usually bonnets. No. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm tired. Bonnets and pilgrim hats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Put the little buckles on them. Yes. With the oddities and curiosities belt buckle yes. on the hat. Bling, bling. That's what they were doing. Okay. They raised four sons and four daughters on a farm in Salem Village, now Danvers, Massachusetts. So... What used to be Salem Village is now Danvers, Massachusetts. Yeah. Ten miles inland from the bustling port community of Salem Town, which is now Salem, Massachusetts. (laughs) Good place. (laughs) I haven't been, but good place. I feel the vibes. I feel the vibes. (laughs) Rebecca and Francis frequented the Salem Village Meeting House, and Francis was quite active in the community, becoming well-respected in Salem Village. He was often asked to serve as a mediator to help settle matters. So they were like well-grounded in their community. Absolutely, They uh, were a good Christian couple and he served, you know, he could make things. He was constable. He was a mediator. They were involved. They had a fuck ton of kids. Her poor vagina. How many kids did they have? 
eight, four sons and four daughters. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, they were like a pillar of the community, this, this family. So. Okay. They yeah. were, they were joiners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's just weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. Public accusations of witchcraft <laughs> in Salem village began on February 29th, 1692. The first accusations were leveled against three women who weren't considered respectable. Tatuba, an enslaved Native American, Sarah Good, a homeless mother, and Sarah Osborne, who had a somewhat scandalous history, don't love we it. all? Love it. <laughs> then on March 12th, Martha Corey was accused. Rebecca followed on March 19th. Both women were church members and respected prominent members of the community. Mm. Rebecca Nurse's arrest on March 24th, 1692, came as a complete surprise to the citizens of Salem because she was considered such a pious and upstanding citizen. Yeah. Rebecca was accused of witchcraft by Ann Putnam Jr. Ann mm-hmm. Putnam Sr., mm-hmm. which I didn't realize that women did the junior-senior thing. Apparently. That's crazy to me. <laughs> and Abigail Williams of Salem Village, as well as several others, including Reverend Didat Lawson of Boston, who claimed to have seen Rebecca's spirit tormenting Ann Putnam Sr. at her home that March. Yeah. Upon, I, I know, the whole seeing the spirit, oh, good grief. Whatever. This, all of this is a shit show. Mm-hmm. Upon being arrested, she said, quote, I am innocent as the child unborn, but surely what sin hath God found out in me unrepented of that he should lay such an affliction on me in my old age, end quote. Aww. So sad. She's like, God. What, what did I do? Why are you been a dick, bro? <laughs> I mean, why? Like, I'm innocent. The fuck? I'm 71. <laughs> Lay the fuck off. <laughs> Calm down, sir. Yes. Many historians believe that the Putnam family was behind the accusations against Rebecca. Probably. The farm that Rebecca and her husband lived on became the center of a longstanding dispute between Towns and Bishop, the farm's owner, who leased it to the nurses. So they didn't own the farm. They were leasing it. Right. Okay. And here's a name for you. What? And Zeru, Zerubabel? Babel? Zerubabel. 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 Z? Z Endicott. Uh, he's Z. Z. Yeah. A neighbor okay. um, who disputed their adjoining land, according to Emerson Baker in his book, A Storm of Witchcraft. The dispute. <laughs> the line is here. <laughs> you stay on your side. And apparently at that time, like, because of how massive this farm was, I think I may have taken it out. It was 300 acres. Oh, my God. That's a lot. So they had, they bordered with a lot of people. Sure. And at that time, the 16, 1700s, people were always at odds with each other over where the mm-hmm. the line is. Like, what's mine and what's yours? Because that was such a prominent thing to be someone who owned land. Absolutely. So... They were always fussing with these people. The dispute culminated in John Putnam and members of his family meeting the Easties in the towns, which is her family, Rebecca's family, mm-hmm. uh, on the disputed land where they got into a heated argument. Whether this dispute resulted in the Putnam family accusing Rebecca Nurse of witchcraft is debatable, but some historians speculate that it did. Okay. Okay. So... Um, I don't know if you remember, but Rebecca's maiden name was Town. Right. And then uh, her sister, Mary, married into the Easties. So okay. that was okay. all. It was the nurses, the Easties, and the Towns who were kind of at odds 
with the peoples. Oh, Lord. That's Lots of drama. I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> Lots of Salem Village drama. <laughs> in addition, Rebecca Nurse often criticized the afflicted girls for dabbling in fortune telling prior to the witch trials because she was such a pious woman. She didn't like them playing in fortune telling. Look, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. According to the book, An Account of the Life, Character, and C of Reverend Samuel Paris. Okay. So in that book, it talks about how Re- Rebecca Nurse would criticize some of the accused girls in the past because they were into like mystical things. And she said, Jesus don't like that. I would be in trouble. Yeah. Well, we're both witches, apparently. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. Should be burning. Yep. Apparently. It's whatever. Since Salem residents who criticized the witch trials and the people involved were often accused of being witches themselves, <laughs> Rebecca's criticism made her even more of a target. Rebecca's numerous accusers testified that she regularly appeared at their homes in spirit form to torment and attack them. Rebecca denied all of the accusations, stating during her examination on March 24th, quote, I can say before my eternal father, I am innocent and God will clear my in it. Innocency, which is not oh, a word. What is that? But okay. it's a direct quote. Yeah, yeah. It should be innocence. Yeah. The Lord knows I have not hurt them. I am an innocent person, end quote. Okay. On April 3rd, Rebecca's younger sister, Sarah Cloyce, came to her defense. She was accused and arrested on April 8th. On April 21st, another sister, Mary Eastie, was arrested after defending their innocence. So... One sister came to Rebecca's rescue mm-hmm. and got accused. The other sister came to both of their rescues and got <laughs> accused. Uh, good times. Yeah. Good times. On June 2nd, Rebecca Nurse and other accused were forced to undergo physical examinations by a doctor with a number of women present. Uh. Okay, I'm about to read some words that I don't know if I'm pronouncing them correctly and I don't understand. So just don't ask me any <laughs> questions and let it happen. Okay, okay. <laughs> So this test was a preternatural excrescence of flesh. What? And it was reported <laughs> on the first of three. I said, don't ask any questions. No, I'm just wondering what that means. Well, I think what it, what all this boils down to is remember learning about the different tests, physical tests they did on women right. to prove whether or not they were witches. Okay. This okay. is what that is. This is the physical test. Okay, so are they looking for, like, the... the? I said don't ask me any I, questions. I, I, I can't. <laughs> Let me get through this paragraph. All right, all right. Nine women signed the document attesting to the exam. So nine accused witches said, okay, we'll go ahead and let's just do it and get it out of the way. Mm-mm. A second exam later that day stated that several of the observed physical abnormalities had changed. They attested that on Rebecca... The test appears only as dry skin without sense. So apparently she got psoriasis and that makes her a witch. <laughs> I mean, she got some eczema. I mean, yeah. come on, guys. Again, nine women signed the document and the next day a grand jury indicted Rebecca Nurse and one other for witchcraft based on that test. Okay. I remember part of the physical test. This is why I was asking is because they were looking for like the teat. You know, to feed your familiar or whatever. They look for the extra teat. They look for any yeah. um, oddly shaped moles. Right. Um, I'd be fucked. I have like three skin tags. They look for, <laughs> ma'am, I've got moles, freckles, well, I mean, and I skin do, tags like, all over me. I have three like, look, 
Really? That's what all that is. Big ones. That'd be fucked. Yep, I got them all over me. I have a mole on my butt. <laughs> about that I did. I got mine removed. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine is kind of cute. It's like a perfect circle. Anyhow, yeah. And then they did like um, the test, like the drowning, quote unquote, drowning test too. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I know. It's ridiculous. But apparently since she's got dry skin, you know, probably because she's 71 years old <laughs> and yeah. doesn't have proper skincare routine because yeah. it's 1692. They didn't have a good moisturizer back then. Yeah. But whatever. Her trial began on June 30th in 1692. I have a picture that's like an artist rendering of her in court. Okay. She's flanked by two very shitty-looking gentlemen. They look mean, and I don't like it. They look really judgy, mm-hmm. and I don't like it. Something tells me at least one of them is a Putman. Oh, probably. Or a Paris. Yep. They all suck. Mm-hmm. 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 All you guys suck. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get into that. No. Okay. I bet they helicoptered. Oh, <laughs> In front of each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> Down at the saloon. <laughs> tavern. It was I could do it tavern. faster than you. I could do it faster oh than you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Wireman. <laughs> she was not allowed to have a lawyer, and so she represented herself because she's a badass bitch. Okay. Rebecca Nurse, get it. She's one of my new heroes, just saying. I love her. Many members of the community came forward to testify on her behalf. Mm-hmm. During these testimonies, the afflicted young women would break out into fits and claim <laughs> Rebecca was tormenting mm-hmm. them. Unfortunately, <laughs> since this was early in the trial, spectral evidence from these fits was allowed as evidence. However, Rebecca remained steadfast during these fits and is recorded as saying, quote, I have got nobody to look to but God, end quote. Poor baby. Because what else would a super Christian woman do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At the end of her trial in June of 1692, Rebecca was found not guilty by the jury. Woohoo! Don't woohoo yet. Oh. The verdict was not surprising as Rebecca was well liked in Salem and 39 people had risked their lives to sign a petition in support of her. Oh shit. I have a picture of the petition I found. Shut up! You can't really read it. I don't care! But yeah, you can see all these signatures. How cool is that, right? Oh my God. Isn't that really cool? That is really, really cool. And I don't look at the bottom. It's so pretty. Look at the bottom right name. It's a Putman. (gasps) It is a Putman. So you know that person was really Really risking their their lives to sign this. is Is that Bishop? No. I that's, think the first letter's a J. Okay. Just looking up at the top. It's not It's not Bishop, because the second letter's an O, so never mind. Yeah, I started to say <clears throat> Joseph, but... I don't know. I can't, I can't tell. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, wait. There's another Putnam on the first column. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven up. There's like... A little bitty signature underneath it. Oh. Benjamin Putnam? Get it. Is that what that says? I don't know, but good for y'all. I bet Rebels. I love this. I'm sure everybody was related to a Putman somehow. Somehow. It's like being a smith. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) However, 
After the not guilty verdict Ew. was read in court, the afflicted girls began having fits and cried out against Rebecca. Fuck y'all. The accusers and spectators protested loudly when the verdict was announced. The court asked the jury to reconsider the verdict. They found her guilty after reviewing the evidence and discovering that she had failed to answer one question put to her, perhaps because she was nearly deaf. Because she's 70 fucking one. Oh my God. Because one she's question. 71. One question. And, and get this. This so-called incriminating statement refers to when Rebecca called accused witch Goody Hobbs one of us during her trial. Oh, my fucking God. Okay. Although Rebecca didn't respond when questioned about it in court, after the trial, she wrote a statement explaining that she only meant Goody Hobbs was a fellow prisoner, not a fellow witch. So they were questioning her about her statement, Uh saying that she was one of us, and she didn't hear them, so she didn't answer. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, fuck these people. Oh, my God. She was condemned to hang. Massachusetts Governor... William Phipps issued a reprieve, which was also met with protest and rescinded. So he said, no, I think, you know, we're going to let her go. And they were like, nah, bitch. I don't like it. Rebecca filed a petition protesting the verdict, pointing out she was hard of hearing and full of grief. Yeah. On July 3rd, just days after Rebecca was convicted, she was taken to the church and publicly excommunicated, which is like, oh. Horrific thing Mm -hmm. for such a religious woman. Okay. People described Rebecca as the woman of self-dignity due to her collected behavior at the gallows. Rebecca was hanged at Proctor's Ledge on July 19th. As was the custom, after she was hanged, her body was buried in a shallow grave near the execution spot. Uh, They were considered unfit for Christian burial in the churchyard. According to local legend, Rebecca's son, Benjamin, secretly rode a boat after nightfall to the execution site to claim his mother's body so he could give her a Christian burial at her home. Oh, my God. So they buried her on the farm. Oh, good. Although her exact resting place has never been confirmed, her descendants erected a tall granite memorial in the family plot in 1885 at the Rebecca Nurse Homestead Cemetery in Danvers. The inscription on the monument reads, Rebecca Nurse, Yarmouth, England, 1621, Salem, Massachusetts, 1692. O Christian martyr, who for truth could die, when all about thee owned the hideous lie. The world redeemed from superstition's sway is breathing freer for the sake today. And this came from the poem Christian Martyr by John Greenleaf Whittier. After Francis Nurse's death in 1699, the nurse's children were able to officially purchase the farm outright and remain there for multiple generations. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really love this. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Of Rebecca's two sisters who were also charged with witchcraft, Mary Eastie was hanged on September 22nd. I don't like it. And Sarah Cloyce's case was dismissed in January 1693. So at least one of them got away. According to the book, Women in Early America, Rebecca's conviction and execution marked the beginning of the end of the Salem witch trials. The citizens of Salem doubted that such a pious woman could be guilty of witchcraft. This made them wonder if any of the other accused witches were possibly innocent. The accusations continued throughout the spring and into the summer, but opposition to the trials began to grow. By the autumn, the court banned the use of spectral evidence in trial, rendering most of the accusations baseless and eventually brought the trials to an end in 1693. Thank goodness. Yeah. 
On October 25th, 1706, Anne Putnam Jr. publicly apologized, quote, for the accusing of several persons of a grievous crime whereby their lives were taken away from them, whom now I have just grounds and good reason to believe they were innocent persons, Itch. end quote. Mm-hmm. Yet I'm fucked up. Mm. She named Rebecca specifically. The nurse family graciously accepted her apology and reconciled with her. The same would not be true for Samuel Paris, who was the village minister. <laughs> they would relentlessly pursue his removal from office, which would occur in 1697. On October 17, 1711, the Massachusetts legislature passed a bill restoring some of the names of the Salem witch trials victims, including Rebecca Nurse. On December 17, 1711, the general court awarded the Nurse family restitution for Rebecca's wrongful conviction and death. Good. In 1712, the Salem Town Church reversed the verdict of excommunication it had passed on her, saying, quote, that it be no longer a reproach to her memory or an occasion of grief to her children, end quote. Well, it's a little late now. I know. I mean, good, but... But, yeah. Damage is done. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1909, Rebecca Nurse's home in Danvers, Massachusetts, was purchased by the Rebecca Nurse Memorial Association and opened to the public as a historic house museum. Yes. Also located at the homestead is the Nurse Family Cemetery and a replica of the Salem Village Meeting House. Shut up. So if you go look at the pictures, look at the uh, homestead one. Yeah. You can see what the house looked like in 1892, and you can see what it looks like today. <gasps> Hey, that's pretty good. I know, and you can go there. You can go there? Uh, and take a tour. <laughs> so we're totes going to do that okay. once we save up millions of dollars and go on vacation. Add it to the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to Salem anyways. Okay, and the next picture is uh, the replica of the meeting house that is on oh the property. Oh, my God. That really does look like every single photo I have seen. Uh-huh. Wow. So you know how I told you originally the farm was like a 300-acre farm? Yeah. It's like 27 now. Oh, heck. Yeah. That sucks. But at least they've still got some land with it. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. And take everything. The abuses of the Salem witch trials contributed to changes in the U.S. court procedures, including the guarantee of the right to legal representation, mm-hmm. the right to cross-examine one's accuser, Mm-hmm. And the presumption of innocence instead of guilt. Mm-hmm. The trials as a metaphor for the persecution of minority groups remained powerful images into the 20th and 21st centuries, particularly in playwright Arthur Miller's The Crucible, 1953. Yeah, yeah. In which he used events and individuals from 1692 allegorically for the anti-communist hearings led by Senator Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare of the 1950s. <laughs> Love The Crucible. Yeah. In 1992, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial was built in Salem, Massachusetts, and a marker was established for Rebecca Nurse. In 2017, the Proctor's Ledge Memorial was built in Salem, Massachusetts. That's where they hung hung the witches. And a marker was established for Rebecca Nurse. And so I have a picture of the marker at Proctor's Ledge with her name on it. Oh. Yeah. It says, Rebecca Nurse, July 19th, 1692. Damn. And that is my story. My goodness. Good job. But I love Rebecca Nurse, and I feel so sorry for her. And I'm so angry for all of, you know, everything that happened. But I know. Like, all of it pisses me off it's so, so bad. Sad. Yeah, she is definitely a new hero. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard that name before because the last name Nurse kind of right, sticks out. Right, right, right. But I didn't know her story. Right. 
I, I mean, I'd heard her name kind of affiliated with it, but I've never heard hers individually. So that was great. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I liked it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ready? Okay. Are you <laughs> ready? <laughs> All right. Well, I did the snitches. Because <clears throat> fuck them bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I titled it, Snitches Get Stitches and Thrown in Ditches. <laughs> <laughs> By witches. <laughs> Stop it now. I just added the witches part. But anyway, it rhymed. Yeah. It goes. Tracks. It goes. I didn't do all of them, but I did the ones that pissed me off. Okay. All right. So, at the center of the Salem witch trials were a core group of accusers, all girls and young women ranging in age from 9 to 20, mm. who screamed, writhed, barked, and displayed other horrifying symptoms they claimed were signs of satanic possession. Often referred to as the afflicted girls, they included members of the prominent village families, as well as domestic servants and refugees of King's Williams War, a long-running conflict that pitted English settlers against Wabanaki Native Americans and their French allies. These people often displayed symptoms or signs then thought to be the results of witchcraft they claimed were brought upon by the people they accused. Hmm. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Sorry, they pissed me off just a little (laughs) bit. Historians have offered numerous possible explanations for the Salem accusers' actions, including economic hardship, deliberate fraud, mass hysteria, mental illness, or convulsive ergotism. It's a condition caused by a fungus that grows on rye and other grains. I've heard of this Mm -hmm. in other cases of mass hysteria throughout Mm -hmm. history. Yeah. But the truth is undoubtedly more complex and impossible to know. Because they're all dead. (laughs) That's why. Yeah. They've been gone for a little while. So my first two are um, Elizabeth Betty Paris and Abigail Williams. We don't like them. You can go look at photos of them really quick, though, if you want to. It was a little hard to find photos. (laughs) So what I did was find pictures from The Crucible (laughs) and Salem, the TV series. (laughs) Stop it. But I was actually able to find one photo of Elizabeth Paris. Not really a photo, a painting of Betty Paris. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So at least I did get one legit thing. She's playing with her doll. I mean, fuck Betty, but that's a really cool picture. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of cute. She wasn't such a twat. I might like her. And then... Abigail Williams, played by Winona Ryder. Queen. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard to hate her, but she's got the bitch look, so. Wino forever. I love Winos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's a little bit of info about these bitches. In January 1692, a doctor was called to the home of Reverend Samuel Paris, the Puritan minister of Salem v- Village, After his nine-year-old daughter, Betty, and her 11-year-old cousin, Abigail, began exhibiting strange symptoms, such as convulsing, barking, and speaking in unintelligible words. What are words, anyways? As children do. Yeah. Betty and Abigail soon accused Tituba, Tituba? 
anyway. I've heard it said I've heard many it said ways. both ways. Yeah. So however you want to say the it. enslaved woman owned by Samuel Paris, whose subsequent confession launched a full blown witchcraft crisis in Salem. It's the satanic panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Abigail was living with her relative, um, Betty Paris's father, the village pastor, um, along with his two slaves, Tichaba and John Indian. Oh, don't like that. I know. Like, Don't like that. Tichaba was part of a group of three women with Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne, who was the first to be arrested on February 29th, 1692, under the accusation that their specters, ghosts, were afflicting the young girls in Paris' household. The three women were questioned separately, but were aware of each other, and in a classic prisoner's dilemma, they were turned against each other. Yeah, because they think if we turn them against each other, they'll talk. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I have a little bit from the interrogations that I threw in. I mean, it's good gossip. It's fun. Sarah Good was the first interrogated and held to her innocence. Judge John Hathorne directed all, quote-unquote, the child look upon her and see if this were the person that hurt them. And they all did look upon her and claimed her specter tormented them. Sarah Good, why do you thus torment these poor children, Hathorne asked. What do I know? You bring others here, and now you charge me with it. Sarah Good responded. Next, Hathorne interrogated Sarah Osborne, who claimed not to know Sarah Good or even her full name. But Hathorne said to her, Sarah Good said that it was you that hurt the children. According to the transcript, this is a distortion of what Sarah Good had said, as she had only vaguely referred to the others without naming them in a way that was only intended to deflect blame from herself. So she was like, okay. She probably just said, I didn't do it, you know. Yeah. They may have, but I didn't. Exactly. Tichaba was interrogated last and was the only of the three women to offer a full and elaborate confession against herself and point the finger of blame at the other two women. Sarah Good and Osborne would have me hurt the children. According to an investigation by Robert Califf, that began soon after the trials, Tichaba later recanted her confession as forced and claimed abuse from the slave owner Paris. Further accusations against many others emerged from the Paris household and others and eventually led to the imprisonment of hundreds and the deaths of more than 20 in 1692. Sarah Osborne died in prison in May and Sarah Good was executed on July 19th along with four other women. Members of Paris of the Paris household all managed to survive the entire episode, including Tichaba, who was released from jail a year later when the slave owner Paris paid for her prison fees and he sold her. Betty never attended the subsequent trials. Her parents sent her away to live with family to avoid the uproar. Mm. Samuel Paris was dismissed from his job as minister in in the Salem village and settled with Betty and the rest of his family in Sudbury, Massachusetts. Mm. Betty later married (laughs) a shoemaker and had five children. That's too much. She died in 1760. Abigail, on the other hand, played a prominent role in the Salem witch trials, accusing a total of 57 people of witchcraft. Mm. She gave her last testimony before the court in early June 1692, and no record of her life exists after the trials. That's great. Yeah. Oh, and here comes Anne Putnam Jr. Yay. Mm Mm-hmm. This bitch. 
So, Annie was born on October 18th, 1679 to Thomas Putnam and Anne Carr Putnam, who had 12 children in total. Calm the fuck down. Anne was the oldest. Their 12-year-old daughter became one of the most prolific accusers of the trials, naming and or testifying against more than 60 people. A scion of one of Salem's most prominent families and a close ally of Paris, Thomas served as a key investigator of the witch trials. He wrote many of the depositions for the afflicted, including his daughter and later his wife, Anne Putnam Sr. Fellow accuser Mercy Lewis was a servant in the Putnam household, and Mary Walcott was perhaps Annie's best friend. These three girls would become the first afflicted girls outside of the Paris household. They were all buddies. Mm -hmm. They all ran around together. All of these little snitches did. Yeah. The Putnam family lived on the southwest side of Hathorn Hill, approximately in the area what is today Daniel Drive in Danvers, Massachusetts. It's like Brittany said. Mm -hmm. Shortly after the trials were over, the family built a new house in the general area of what is today Dayton and Maple Streets in Danvers, where Annie spent the rest of her life. After her parents died suddenly in 1699, Anne was left to look after her seven younger siblings in 1706 while seeking to join the Salem Village Church. Um, she offered the only known apology of any of the Salem accusers, stating that she had been deluded by the devil and that she desired to lie in the dust and earnestly beg forgiveness from God and from all of those unto whom I have given just cause of sorrow and offense. She was allowed to join the congregation, but died from unknown causes just nine years later. Mm. Maybe it was witchcraft. Maybe. <laughs> then there's Elizabeth Hubbard. Hubbard? Hubbard? Hubbard. Whichever way you want to go Old Mother Hubbard. I know that's what I think of. <laughs> 17-year-old Elizabeth was an orphan who worked as a maid in the household of her aunt, Rachel Griggs, and her husband, William Griggs the doctor who first attended the afflicted girls in the Paris household. Elizabeth joined Betty, Abigail, and Anne among the first four accusers and went on to testify against 29 people in the Salem witch trials, 13 of whom were executed. Oh, my gosh. Known for her tendency to go into trances in the courtroom, she claimed frequently to be tormented by the specters of the accused. Compared with the Parises and Putnams, Hubbard had little family or economic support and faced an uncertain future as an orphan domestic servant. Historian Carol Carlson. Wow, that's why, unfortunate. That's unfortunate. <laughs> has argued that Elizabeth and some of the other accusers in similar circumstances may have wanted to focus on the community's concern on their difficulties. Okay. Hmm. Hubbard's age allowed her to testify under oath, leading her to have a major role in the trials. Her testimony was considered especially convincing, and she was known for being particularly susceptible to being thrown into fits during the trials. Whatever. These are all attention-seeking little bitches. I know. Oh, my God. Would you quit being such a, like, pick-me mm -hmm. girl? During Elizabeth Proctor's trial, Hubbard reported purported to be under a deep trance and unable to speak. I saw the apparition of Sarah Good, which did torture me gr most grievously, but I did not know her name until the 27th of February, and then she told me her name was Sarah Good, and then she did prick me and pinch me most grievously, and also since, 
several times, urging me vehemently, that that word, to write in her (laughs) devil's book. (laughs) Oh my God, Becky. Look at your drama. (laughs) It is so thick. Look what you're doing. (laughs) It's real thick. It's real thick. (laughs) As the trials progress, Elizabeth began instigating more and more accusations. She gave her last testimony on January 7th, 1693. Records show that she filed 40 legal complaints and testified 32 times. As a result of her testimonies, 17 people were arrested, 13 were hanged, and two died in jail. After the trials, she disappears from the historical record. Hmm. These disappearing I know, they all just kind of disappear. Yeah. Then there's little Mary Walcott, the 16-year-old daughter of Captain Jonathan Walcott, leader of the Salem Village Militia, was related to the Putnam family by marriage, and Junior was her step-cousin. So, yeah, they're all connected. Mm -hmm. The Walcotts lived next door to the Parises and Mary's other aunt, Mary Sibley, and encouraged the baking of the witch cake. That led to Betty and Abigail's accusations against Tichaba. What's a witch cake? I want one. I'm going to Google it. Yeah, because I, ha- I had it and I cut it out. In 17th century England and New England, it was believed that a witch's cake had the power to reveal whether witchcraft was afflicting a person with symptoms of illness. Mm-hmm. Such a cake or biscuit was made with rye flour and the urine of the afflicted person. The cake was then fed to a dog. Yeah. Yes. That shit's great. I don't want a witch's cake. Look, <laughs> look, if they believed that mass hysteria came from ergotism or whatever it was, which was a fungus in the rye. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Bacon? You're eating a fungus and piss You're cake. You're eating a fungus cake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. That's gross. I don't want one now. I take it back. Take it back. Mm. How about I just make a cake and draw a picture of a witch on it? We'll call that the witch's cake. I like that better. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Angel, make us a witch cake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but not a real one. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not. Just, just not the, the aforedescribed <laughs> witch's cake. Oh, <laughs> you know, mm. I want a picture of a of a witch with a green face and a wart on her nose. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That kind. Okay. Mm, I can't believe I cut that out. Thank you. You're welcome. So there's a witch cake. I wouldn't want to bake the witch cake. Gross. Yeah. You'd have to collect the specimens. <laughs> Ew. Squat over a bowl. Oh my God. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Okay. Okay. No more. No. No no, more details. No. 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 Okay. Witch cake. Perhaps predictably, Mary Walcott joined the core group of accusers by March of 1692, and went on to see numerous visions and suffer apparent afflictions at the hands of accused witches. Oh my God. (laughs) Other times, she sat in the courtroom and knitted calmly while her other afflicted girls had fits around her. Okay. You know. Of the accused witches Walcott testified against, 16 were executed. One, Giles Corey, was pressed to death, and oh. another died in jail. I that don't know poor if you know the story of Giles Corey. But, I almost did that one. Oh, but it's so sad. I'm sure we'll get to him at some yeah, point. Yeah, we'll get to that in 2.0 or mm-hmm. 3.0, either one. Poor feller. 
After the trials, Mary Walcott married a local man, Isaac Farrar. Reverend Samuel Paris performed the ceremony. She had six children. Y'all are show-offs, for real. And died in 1752 at the age of 77. Yeah, Rebecca never made it to 77. I know, that's fucked up. Then there's little Mercy Lewis. Mercy Lewis survived a bloody raid in 1689 by Wabanaki Native Americans in Costco. (laughs) Costco. Costco Bay. Present-day Portland, Maine. It was lined with paper towels. (laughs) (laughs) Giant bags of cereal and gallon jugs of mayonnaise. Yes. Yeah. Necessities of life. Um, During which both her parents were killed. Oh, no. (laughs) That was the rest of the sentence. (laughs) That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. By early 1692, the 19-year-old was living in Salem Village and working as a servant in the household of Thomas and Ann Putnam Sr. Not a good place to be. No, get out of there. Mercy played a crucial role during the Salem witch trials when 20 people were executed for witchcraft, including her former master, George Burroughs. Like the accusation placed on Elizabeth Proctor, Mercy was accountable for hindering Mary Estes' release from prosecution and eventual execution after all other charges against Estes had been dropped. Mercy was responsible mm-hmm. for her sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accusations were made against Elizabeth Proctor that she tormented both Abigail and Mercy Lewis in their homes. It's reported that Mercy was a victim of child abuse after statements were taken from witnesses such as Abigail and Thomas Putnam. As a member of the Putnam household, Mercy became friends with Anne Jr. and her cousin Mary Walcott. Oh, goody. Mm -hmm. In early April 1692, Mercy claimed that Satan had appeared to her offering her gold and many fine things if she would write in his book. Shortly thereafter, Satan appeared to her in the form of Burroughs, who she reported, carried me up to an exceeding high mountain and showed me all the kingdoms of earth and told me that he would give them all to me if I would write in his book. No. That doesn't sound legit. No, don't do it. No information or medical history was recorded on the mental state of Mercy during the Salem witch trials. I don't think it was recorded for anyone. No. And if it was, it wasn't accurate. However, it was reported that Mercy suffered from episodes of seizures. One record stated that she had a violent seizure on May 7, 1692, after experiencing torture and threats from George Burroughs. I mean, you torture somebody bad enough, they, they might yeah. kind of... This act was brought on by Lewis's refusal to print her name in a book Reverend Burroughs owned in order to clearly state her allegiance to him. She's like, uh-uh, you ain't mine. I, I ain't yours. You don't own me. You don't know my life. You ain't That's the boss of me. she talks? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stopped showing you pictures of everybody. Hold on, I'll finish this one and we'll go back and look at pictures. I just realized that. Oh, that sucks. Okay, so she accused Mary Essie, the sister of Rebecca Nurse. She accused Giles Corey, Bridget Bishop, Susanna Martin, John Willard, and Sarah Wilds. She was the subject of accusations as well. Ann Putnam claimed that she had seen Mercy's apparition 
though um, she said that it wasn't har- that it didn't harm her. Okay. After the trials, Mercy moved to Boston to live with her aunt. She's like, peace the fuck out, mm-hmm. y'all are crazy bitches. There she bore an illegitimate, illegitimate son. By 1701, she had married a Mr. Allen in Boston. Okay. Okay. Um, let's, let's jump and go look at photos really quick because I spaced and I forgot. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, let's jump back up to Anne. Okay. And Putnam. Um, that is actually a picture of her as well, a, a, a real one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, her hair's not as done up as I would expect. I think it's pulled back. Yeah, it's just kind of like... She probably just took her bonnet off. Well, put it back on. Your hair looks like shit. She, you got hat head. Yeah, it's not cute. It's not cute. She's got a little judgy scowl on her face. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like it. But I thought it was a good photo. And then there's Elizabeth Hubbard. Which is Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. <laughs> Hello, Queen. Next is Kirstie Alley. No, she's a bitch. She's trash. I know, but I, I remember her from like Cheers and Look Who's Talking. And yeah, all that but she stuff, was trash. Nobody wanted to work with her. Well, I know that now as a grown up, <laughs> but as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so good. I always thought her hair was pretty. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Mary Walcott. She looks mean. She does. And old. It's RBF if I ever seen one. <laughs> And then uh, Mercy Lewis, I got from the show Salem <laughs> because I love I it. I still haven't watched that. Oh my gosh, you need to watch it. It's so good. It's so so good. But they made it here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did when I was working at the embroidery shop. We did hats and shirts for their crew. Oh hell yes! Yeah. <gasps> I'm so jealous. Do you still have any of those? No, I didn't. You didn't. Get- you didn't get one for yourself. You can't do that. <laughs> That they know of. No, you can't do, no, that. can't do that. No, I'm a professional woman. Fine. <laughs> you jumped out of a Jeep and stole pumpkins. You can't steal a t-shirt or a hat. No. <laughs> no. That was a whole different lifetime. It was. It was. You're right. Fine. I'll let it slide this time. Which, Mercy Lewis in that show was precious, by the way. Probably, I don't know about real life, but... On the show, she was pushing. Her eyebrows are fantastic. I know. Good for you. And then, last but not least, we have Mary Warren. That's who you're about to tell us about, right? Yep. You can go ahead and go look at her photo. Oh, no. She's wearing a the bonnet. She's trying to attack me. Is what, I, is what I picture her saying. Yeah. Paul, he's going to get me. Oh, no. I need attention. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Miss Mary Warren, at the age of 20, worked as a servant in the household of John and Elizabeth Proctor. Though she began showing signs of affliction early in the crisis, she apparently recovered after John Proctor threatened to beat her. Okay. Soon after that, Mary herself was accused of witchcraft. You know, because it just all of a sudden went away. Mm -hmm. Brought before the judges in April 1692, she was confronted with her past statement that the afflicted persons did but disassemble or fake their symptoms. In response, the afflicted in the courtroom went into severe fits, and Warren responded with similar behavior. 
In early March, Warren began having fits, claiming that she saw the ghost of Giles Corey. John Proctor told her that she was just seeing his shadow (laughs) and put her to work at the spinning wheel, threatening to beat her if she pretended to have any more fits. Suck it up, bitch. Yep. (laughs) For some time, she did not report any more sightings, but she started to have fits again. I mean, maybe these women, like, actually had medical issues, you know? Possibly. (laughs) Um, She was kept hard at work at the Proctor home and was told that if she ran into fire or water during one of her fits, she would not be rescued. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of fucked up at the Proctor home, just saying. If you happen to run into water or fire, that doesn't sound like a red flag at all. (laughs) Are they going to direct her into the flames? Maybe. My God. When her seizures did stop, she posted a note at the meeting house one Sabbath Eve. Could be Saturday or Sunday, whichever one you believe. Um, to request prayers of thanks. That night, she stated that John Proctor woke her to torment her about posting the note. On April 3rd, 1692, Samuel Paris read Mary's note to the church members who began to question her after the Sunday services. What a dick. Mm-hmm. Some took her answers to their to their questions to mean that the girls had lied. She told them that she felt better now and could tell the difference between reality and visions. The other, I think I see that as a good thing. Yeah. Um, the other girls became angry with Mary and began accusing her of being a witch because she had told the high court that all the girls were lying and that they saw the devil. She was formally accused of witchcraft on April eighteenth, sixteen ninety two. Under questioning, she continued to have fits, confessing under duress to witchcraft, and began to accuse various people. Like, it's not me, it's them. Mm -hmm. Um, Including the proctors of witchcraft. I mean, sure, why not? Deflection. Absolutely. Everybody does it. Mm. My kid did it the other day. (laughs) (laughs) But mom, they were, uh, I don't want to hear it. Mm Mm-mm. Having confessed to witchcraft herself, she was eventually released from prison in June of 1692. It's not, it is not known what happened to her after the trials ended, though John Hale's book, A Modest Inquiry into the Nature of Witchcraft, which I need, yeah. um, it was written in 1697 and published in 1702, mentions an afflicted girl who suffered from diabolical manifestation until her death and died a single woman. Since all but three of the accusers had married or were alive by the book's publication, it's possible that he was talking about her. So, yeah, um, a little deep dive into the the snitches. It was great. It was terrible, but it was great. It was terrible, but it was great. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know. I've just always kind of wondered, like, why? Why y'all got to be so hateful? Why you got to be such mean girls? Uh, Really, that... that you told us everything they did, but we'll never get a why. Not really. They I mean, were. That's kind of what I was looking for. But it just sounds like they were just little. They were bored. Twats. Yeah, they were bored. And they were bored. And wanted attention. Yeah. Well, fuck them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of unnecessary shit happened because of that. Yep. So, all right. Well, those are our cases. If you liked them, go rate and review. Yep. Get your name entered in the something. Kind of container. The drawing. <laughs> the drawing for a free shit. Yeah. Everybody likes free shit. Mm-hmm. And we have one more thing to do. 
It's, it's time, time for Guess That Cryptid. Squeaker box over there. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's a long clue. Do you th- do you think you can read it? Yeah, I got this. Okay. Y'all don't need to understand what it is, right? No, not at all. It'll be posted. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah, we do post these in the socials. That's where you can go to answer these, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so cryptid number five. Mm-hmm. Clue number Two. <laughs> Round head, elongated neck, body resembling an ox, hippo, or manatee. <laughs> One more again. <laughs> Round head, elongated neck, body resembling an ox, hippo, or manatee. Yeah. Now I remember why we did that clue. Because <laughs> it's funny. It's either an ox or a manatee. There's no way to know. <laughs> yeah. Just pick. Just pick one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. There's your second clue. Um, may the odds be ever in your favor. No. No. Don't forget, you can only guess once per cryptid. Okay. Well, I'm tired. Yeah. Your voice is, I think it's done. Yeah. So I'm going to eat cough drops and go to bed. Yay! Okay. So fun. Goodbye, all. Goodbye! (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout-out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Craig Sweever for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.